Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class or a Bible study every Sunday morning. At the same time, it is posted at the same time as our regular Sunday morning Bible classes in our church building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's Word with us. Grow spiritually with us. Worship God with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Get to know us again and let us get to know you. Now, we know, though, people even in the Omaha area cannot necessarily get out because of physical handicaps or other problems in their lives. And so we're thankful to have the opportunity to be able to podcast these Bible studies for all of those who cannot be with us. We also know that people listen to our podcasts across the country and around the world, literally, wherever the internet is available. So we're thankful to have this opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha just north of Maple at the top of the hill on 108th. Bible classes begin at 9.30, as we said, and then worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together every Sunday evening at 6 o'clock for a midweek, uh, I'm sorry, for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, every Wednesday evening at 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. <coughs> and we do hope to meet you soon. Now, we also encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can and tell them about our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Tell them to click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer, whatever they choose, they will receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, a Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures, and a seven-day-a-week short Bible class that we call today's Bible class. It's a Bible study every single day, only about 13 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps keep us growing and staying strong in our faith. Today's Bible class. So all of this is available, plus a whole lot more Bible study resources on our website, and all of it's for free. So tell everybody you can. And share with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Now, we're going to get back into our study. And really what we're looking at here is, the hist at this point, is the history, the early history of the nation of Israel. Now, we began some years back with Genesis chapter 1. And so we saw the creation. We saw where God culminated his physical creation in creating man, but creating man unique in that he instilled within him a soul, a spiritual being within his physical being. And so he created man in his own image, Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. Uh, and, and then we saw how in Genesis chapter 3, the devil steps into the picture 
and begins to tempt the woman, the first woman that God created, Eve. And Eve, he created to be with Adam as her, as his wife, and he placed them in the Garden of Eden. And so here the devil appears in the scene, and he lures her into sin, and then through her, he lures Adam, her husband, into sin. And as we've said many times, everything changed that day because they were now sinful. And sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59 in verse 2. But while God expelled them from the garden, and thereby physical death would become reality for all of mankind, he at the same time in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 He laid out his first messianic prophecy that God would ultimately send a savior for mankind into the world, and that savior would come in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, then we look through the book of Genesis, and that was dealing with the early history of mankind up through Noah, and then we saw the flood during Noah's day that where God, because of the wickedness, the extreme wickedness, in fact, we might say the complete wickedness of mankind, of humanity as a whole, had become so horrible that God determined to destroy man from the face of the earth. With the exception of Noah, who was found righteous in God's eyes, and Noah's family, God did exactly that through a worldwide global flood, catastrophic flood. Well, and then God started from scratch again from Noah and his family, and then we saw humanity grow again. We saw where God chose Abraham to be the, the, the head or the father of the bloodline through which God would bring the nation of Israel into the world, and through the nation of Israel's bloodline, he would bring Jesus into the world. So, Beginning with the book of Exodus, we see the rise of the nation of Israel while still in bondage in Egypt, and but God sent Moses and Aaron to lead them out of bondage from Egypt and ultimately to the promised land that God had promised to them through their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham many hundreds of years before. Well, we saw the problems that Israel had traveling through the wilderness, their faith in God continued to weaken, and so God caused them to, well, just piddle around in the wilderness for about 40 years until the adult generations died off and the children, the youthful generations, grew up to become the adults and to be stronger in faith and to follow God's leaders into the promised land. Well, God gave them, gave them the promised land. Well, but In Leviticus and Numbers, we see where God was leading them through that wilderness wandering for those 40 years, and he was giving them the law, the spiritual law, and he was giving them further instructions as to how to be his people. And then in Deuteronomy, we noted how God, through Moses, had led them all the way up to the border of the promised land. They were, on the, they were in, in, encamped on the eastern bank of the Jordan River and ready to cross that river into the Promised Land, but that would, in, that would entail uh, fighting a whole lot of battles because the peoples of that land, they were not all one people, they were different groups, but they would uh, not want to be letting the Israelites come in and take their land. But God instructed the Israelites through Moses when you go into that land, 
these people that you're going to encounter do not believe in me. They're idol worshipers. So you either destroy them in battle or you drive them out, but have nothing to do with them relationally because they will become a thorn in your side. They will, they'll become a, a, a hindrance to you. They will, if you develop relationships with them, they're going to influence you to turn away from me and go to worship their idols. And an idol is nothing. It's just piece of rock or wood or, or a carving out of a stone or metal. An idol is nothing. It's an object. And you need to understand, going back to the very first of the original Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. You are to have no other gods, lowercase g, no idols before me. And so Moses kind of recapped their history all the way through the book of Deuteronomy. Now, here we are, the book of Joshua. And Joshua, as we noted in the closing chapters of Deuteronomy, Joshua was chosen by God to be the next leader of the people of Israel, the nation. Now, this, this, this nation by this time, as I've emphasized over and over again, was probably about one to meet about one to three million people strong. They had grown mightily as far as numerically is concerned while in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. And so they were a huge population of people. So they're coming into the promised land. They're coming into what was then the land of Canaan, but would become the nation of Israel. And Joshua would be their leader. God, as we noted, did not allow Moses to enter into that promised land because on one occasion, back in the wilderness, Moses took the glory, as actually Moses and Aaron both, Moses' Moses' brother, and 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 you know, Aaron and Moses, they took glory to themselves for producing water miraculously for the people of Israel to refresh themselves with, to be able to drink and sustain their physical lives. While God provided the water miraculously, Moses and Aaron took the glory for themselves as though they had done it. And so God said, uh, because of this, you're not going to be allowed to enter the promised land. Well, Aaron died in the wilderness. Moses, God guided to lead the people all the way up to the border. And then he allowed Moses to go up into a mountain and look over the border and into the promised land. But then God took his life and buried him in a secret place where nobody else knew. So Joshua was chosen to take the leadership mantle from Moses and lead the people into the land and to lead them in a series of battles to conquer the land. Now, Joshua had already been kind of the general of the fighting men of the Israelites as they were going through the wilderness. He had already led them in battle, but now he was going to be the leader of the people in the more general way as well. So that kind of sets the stage for us to get into the first chapter of the book of Joshua. Beginning with verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, 
Moses, Moses' assistant, saying. And so you might think of Joshua as kind of being sort of the right-hand man of Moses since Aaron had died at least. Moses, so God is speaking to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Now, again, this has been prophesied going all the way back to Abraham and renewed through Abraham's son of promise, Isaac, and then through Isaac's son, Jacob. And so between the time of Abraham and the time of Joseph going, you know, becoming raised up to that influential position within the nation of Egypt and, a lot, and, and God using him to lead the people or bring his family from whom the tribes of Israel would come forth. You're talking about many hundreds of years. Well, now it's fulfillment time. You might think, why did God spend so much time? Why did he wait so long to fulfill the promise made to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 12? And, and now hundreds and hundreds of years later, he's finally giving that land to the Israelites. But when God says something, that's it. You can hang your hat on it. But we think from a human perspective, we think of things in the more immediate future within our lifetime for sure. I'm afraid in our culture, in our country right now, we, we cut it down even closer. We want it right now. But God knows the right time. And there are also factors that play in the whole mix, such as with the people of Israel. When God first led them out of Egypt through Moses and Aaron, if you look at the account, as we pointed out, it was not very long till he led them all the way up to the southern border of that land that he had promised to Abraham. But the people's faith waned. They did not trust God to give them the victories. Moses sent 12 spies into the land. They came back, and while they brought samples of the produce of the land and said, look here, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, when it came down to advising the people, let's go, we can conquer this land by God's power, only two of the spies said that. Joshua, for whom, the central, being the central character of this particular book that we're getting into now, Joshua said, along with Caleb, another faithful follower of God, well, faithful to the point that their faith did not wane. They said, we're well able to do it. God's going to give us the victory. But the 10 other spies, when it came down to making that decision of advising the people as a whole, they said, we can't take that land. It's a hard land. They got big cities there. They're walled, fortified, and giants live there. Mighty people. Well, the people followed the 10 spies instead of the two. And so God, because of their lack of faith, he told Moses, turn back into the wilderness. And if you look at a map of where they went through the next 40 years or so, a great big circle. And God was just leading them for a period of time, which would end up being about 40 years, 
through which the adult generations would die off in the wilderness, and the children would grow up and become the next adults and have stronger faith. And so that's where they are now. Those children are now the adult generations, and they are the ones that Joshua is going to lead into the promised land to conquer that land in fulfillment of the promise that God had made to their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham. Well, so again, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So Joshua is the next leader of the nation. And make no mistake, this is a nation of people. And they're about to become a national identity because God is going to give them victory over the various peoples of that land of Canaan and give them that land for their possession. That will be their land. That will be the land of Israel. Land of Canaan, no more. It will be the land of Israel. So every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And so God is assuring Joshua of victory, leading the people of Israel in victory in conquering this land. Now, we can kind of boil down the basic lesson that I think we can say the people of Israel got the lesson they learned through this period of conquest, but unfortunately, a lesson that future generations, well, they kind of forgot or it got weakened in their mind. And that lesson is that victory, when we're walking with God, If we're truly following God, victory comes through faith in God and obedience to his word rather than through military might or numerical superiority. They would fight armies in total that would be far superior in number to them and probably armies that were more organized as military units than they were. But God would give them victory after victory after victory. They needed to learn, and that was a problem of their forefathers and why God allowed them to die in the wilderness, because they had not learned that victory comes through faith in God and obedience to his word, rather than through military might and numerical superiority. But this generation of Israelites, 
who would follow Joshua into the land and through all the battles. They learned that lesson. Now, as I said, the sad thing is that they apparently neglected to sufficiently teach that lesson, along with the broader lesson of staying faithful and true to God through his word, they apparently neglected to teach that sufficiently to their children and grandchildren. And that's the theme, basically, behind the book of Judges. But that's farther down the road. So, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. God's encouraging Joshua here. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers, now that would be going all the way back to Abraham again, to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may, pros- that you may prosper wherever you go. Now here's a condition again for God's continued blessings upon them and continuing to give them the victories over their enemies, you stay true to my word. And that's always been a condition of God's continued blessings upon those who claim to be his followers. We need to stay true to his word. Where does faith come from again? By hearing the word of God. We can't say, well, you know, I'm willing to follow this part of your word, but that part over there, you know, no, no, over and over and over again, directly and in principle, God teaches us through his word, don't try to change my word. It is my word. It is authoritative for you. And if you want to be faithful followers of mine and thereby receive all of the ultimate blessings, eternal blessings, a home in heaven, ultimately, that I have prepared for you, then you must stay true to my word. And so here is the message. Moses kept warning the people while he was still alive, don't turn away from God's word. Don't start worshiping idols along with your supposed worship of God. When you do that, God will take your blessings away from you. And he did, ultimately. It's interesting, though, how, you know, how definite and specific is God's instruction to Joshua here. Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Remember Jesus talking about the few who are traveling down the narrow pathway in, John, uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14? The narrow pathway that leads to life, that is heaven, eternal life. That pathway is narrow because it's the pathway of truth. 
God's truth. In verse 8, the book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, again, follow my spiritual law that I have given you through Moses. Learn it. Remember in Deuteronomy chapter 6, teach it to your children day in and day out. This, the, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God's continued blessings upon us have always been conditional to our continued faithfulness to him. And I'm not talking about a spoken faith where we say, oh, y'all, I have faith in God. No, no, it's, it's a faithfulness that is demonstrated through our lifestyle lived according to the teachings of God's word in faithful obedience. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and half-tribe of Manasseh, of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land. Now they're going to stay. Their, their inheritance is going, to be give, is going to be given to them on the eastern side of the Jordan River. But they're going to go in. Their men are going to go in and fight the battles to, to conquer the land of Canaan, the promised land, with the rest of the tribes. So your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan, but you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it. In other words, you're going to keep fighting all the battles until the very end. And then you can go back home on the eastern side of the Jordan. Which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. They answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. And so they're encouraging him, be a good leader, be a courageous leader, be a true leader following God's word. What a great what a great series of thoughts ought to be burned into our brains and in the forefront of our decision-making process always that we want to stand firm 
in God's word. We want to stand firm, not just in believing in God, but in living faithfully on a consistent basis, day in and day out, to God by living by his teachings, his word, communicated to us in his scriptures. We'll pick up with chapter 2 next time. Let's pray. Father, you are not just a mighty God. You are the mighty God. There is none beside you. We thank you, Father, for creating us in your image with a soul and with the promise of eternal life with you in heaven if we will live faithfully before you here in this world, in this physical existence. Please guide us and strengthen us and help us to do that. And Father, all of humanity who are not doing that, please open their eyes to see their error and help them to recognize their error and admit it and turn to you in repentance and obedience. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Help us to learn the lessons you have intended for us to learn through these sections of the Bible that we're studying and to avoid so many of the mistakes that people in the past who were supposed to be following you made to their own judgment and even destruction in many cases. Please, Father, be patient with us and strengthen us and help us, Father, to stay true to you. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>